Welcome to the Aggressive Life. This is a special seven-part series celebrating the nationwide release of my book, Move, A Guide to Get Up and Go Forward. It's a 70-day devotional guide meant to push your life forward, meant to get you moving, not philosophizing, not thinking, but actually moving. This week, we're working through the first seven days of content together. So, hey, if you got your book, why don't you go ahead and crack open your book, and let's follow along. But most of all, do something. This book and these podcasts won't help you if you don't act on what you hear. It's not new knowledge that changes your life. It's new action. So let's get to it. To kick us off, here is the introduction and day one of MOVE. Introduction. Throughout the Bible, God is repeatedly referred to as Father. For a long time, that image didn't help me because my dad and I are very different. I'm over six feet. He's under six feet. I had bad grades at a low-grade college. He was on the dean's list at multiple Ivy League schools. He loves James Bond. I prefer Thor. He's never finished a beer. I'll drink multiple beers in the same sitting. His job is troubleshooting nuclear reactors, and I have a hard time troubleshooting my motorcycle. He has never had tobacco. I love tobacco in nearly every form. I came to the conclusion that my dad isn't like me and doesn't understand me. Believing this caused distance in our relationship, and for a long time, I felt the same way about my Heavenly Father. I was driven away from God, and there was a barrier in my relationship with Him because I thought He had nothing in common with me and therefore couldn't understand me. I now know that He does understand me, and He even likes me. But not every man has come to that conclusion. I believe it's hard for men to get to know God because we don't know how to spend time with Him. Much of what helps other people spend time with God doesn't help me. Maybe that's because I'm a man and there isn't much on the market written with me in mind. It's no secret that the vast majority of churchgoers are women and preachers consciously or unconsciously speak to their core audience. It's well known in the publishing industry that 80% of books are bought by women, whether Christian or not. Even a recent book I wrote for men called The Five Marks of a Man has been purchased by more women than men. It's likely that a woman in your life Bought this book for you. That's a smart woman. Please thank her on my behalf. I'm a 55-year-old man who has been walking with God for 39 years. And over that span of time, I've learned a lot and taken my share of punches. As I've aged, things I've shared on the back deck or around a campfire have often proved helpful in many lives. Those lessons are recorded in this book, and they come directly out of the Bible and have been verified by my life experience. Contained in this book are 70 readings that will help men in their understanding of God, which will result in having more strength to lead a life that works. Not all these devotions will be immediately applicable to every man, but I can promise you that there is something here for every man looking to operate with spiritual power in a life that is moving in the right direction. Some sections will be incredibly invigorating and others unduly offensive. I am an equal opportunity offender. I'm talking to you the way I would if you were with me on the back deck or around a campfire. And if it's helpful, great. If not, set it aside. For each reading, I'll give you a verse, some teaching on that verse, a prayer you can pray, and then tactile things you can do if you want to get off your spiritual couch and get your rear into gear. It's what you do that defines your relationship with God, not what you think or feel. Jesus says that you know a tree by its fruit, not its feelings. 
This book is written to push, challenge, and spark you into movement. By opening these pages, by listening to these chapters, you're inviting God to push you. And if you don't want to move, you might as well stop this recording right now. You're still listening? Good. Most men I know, they want to move. They want to do things. Jesus didn't come to hold class. He came to change the world. He came to move you and me out of the place of apathy and into a place of challenge. Some friends and I started an unfiltered and challenging experience designed to move men to a new place spiritually. Over the last few years, I've spoken to and camped with 17,000 men from around the country at this thing called Man Camp. Man Camp is for a specific type of guy. There's a kind of guy who doesn't understand church speak, but when spoken to directly about spiritual things, he responds. There's a kind of guy who has no room in his schedule or his mind for theological philosophies. There's a kind of guy who wants to build a fully engaged life physically, mentally, and spiritually instead of just having some spirituality on the side. This was the vision for Man Camp, and it is the vision for the book you are holding. Something special happens when men are with men who want to move to the next level. I've seen 50-year-old men put their hand on the shoulder of a 20-year-old guy who was stressed about the future and say, you're going to be fine. Stop wasting energy thinking about what could go wrong and put your energy into making things go right. I saw the stress drain from his face and shoulders. We need encouraging and helpful straight talk like this, which is what this book is designed to give you. I was around one campfire when a guy started whining about how his wife was cheating on him. Another guy felt a prompting from God and said, and how many women have you had sex with outside of your marriage? He was busted and his life turned around that night with that straight talk. He went home and moved on his new convictions. He changed the way he treated his wife. He got off the spiritual couch and he got into the game. There's a level of realness, vulnerability, and playfulness with the right guys in the right setting that is a far cry from what often happens at church-sponsored events. I want to bring that realness, that vulnerability, and playfulness to your life through the words in this book. I want to do it not for the fun of hitting some taboo topics, but rather for the joy of seeing you move. Following Jesus isn't a sedentary philosophical pursuit. It is something that requires physical engagement. You got to move. It has been rather invigorating to write this devotional. I did it without the approval of people I don't know who are sitting in an office in some other city and have never farted around a campfire. I'm not, I'm not trying to win an award here, nor am I trying to be liked with this book. I'm just trying to help you better know the God who created you and to live with strength and success. Your God wants you to move from the static lifestyle that most of us have fallen prey to. Too many dudes have weak and anemic spiritual lives. I want more for you. I want your life to be different. I want you to finish every section of this book with fewer cobwebs in your mind. I want your future to be better because you are closer to God and more aware of his truth. You can have more power. I'm committed to helping you get there. And you will get there if you move on what is in the pages of this devotional. Let's get our rear in gear and let's start moving. Chop, chop. One, hearing from God. In Matthew 3, 17, it says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, 
This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. A message they quote unquote heard from God. Often the message is negative and they boast by implying that their eardrums picked up decibels sent from heaven. But make no mistake about it, God is a God who speaks. I wish he spoke to me and other modern men the way he did to some ancient men in the Bible with a voice from heaven. When Jesus was baptized, Matthew tells us that he heard a voice from heaven. Was this an audible sound that rang in his ears? I don't know, as the Bible doesn't make a point to tell us if anyone else around heard the Father's words to Jesus. Sometime later, Jesus was with a few of his friends on a mountaintop, and God the Father showed up again, this time even more mystically and powerfully, in the form of a bright cloud. Matthew 17, 5-6 explains that a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. The frightened reaction of Jesus' friends makes it clear that God's voice here was audible, terrifying even. I've never heard God with my eardrums, and I'm willing to bet you haven't either. I hope we all do eventually, but in the meantime, we most certainly can hear from God. When you read scriptures that God has preserved for millennia and which have helped millions of people, you are hearing from God. When a thought randomly crosses your mind, one you wouldn't normally generate and God would approve of, you may be hearing from God. When you read something in this book that strikes you as important, you may be hearing from God. God speaks to us in many ways, but there is only one way to encourage God to keep speaking to us. Listen and respond to what he tells you by doing what he commands. And God is a leader who doesn't just give instructions, he gives affirmations like, I'm pleased with you, you're doing a good job. He also gives coaching like, you are working too hard, do something fun this weekend. Some sections of this book will make you go, meh. Other sections will smack you in the mouth. What speaks to one man might not speak to another. God is speaking to a man who means a lot to him, you. You are his son, and he wants what's best for you, and he's telling you how to make that happen. Listen and follow through. Let's pray. God, I want to hear from you. I don't want a religion that is an impersonal rule book. I want a relationship that brings communication. Please help me to develop my hearing as I listen for you today. Amen. Let's get moving. One, what is one area of your life you'd like God to speak into during the course of reading this devotional? Find a spot where you can talk out loud and ask him in your audible voice to speak to you. The second thing, You don't have to wait to hear God's voice to do the right thing. Think of one thing that you can do today that you know God would approve of. Then go do it. You know, as I mentioned earlier, most men don't read books. So those of you who are listening, I'm going to give you a little bonus content every once in a while. This is it right now for for this day. Do you realize that of all the things that are recorded in the New Testament, all the times, all the times that God speaks to Jesus, do you realize it's only recorded twice that God the Father spoke to Jesus? And in both those situations, he said the same exact thing. 
this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. God might have given him specific instructions where to go, what to do, who to be, who are his disciples, but we don't know. That's never recorded. The only thing that's recorded is this is my son in whom I'm well pleased with. You know what that says? That says that God is more interested in telling you who you are than in what to do. We have to stop this idea that if God ever got a hold of me, it would be bad news. No, it wouldn't. If you're right now listening to this book, I'm telling you, you're in the upper 1% of God of who God is pleased with because you're moving, you're going someplace. So well done, men. Great job. I have more for you just coming up. Well, that's it. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow for the next day of our journey through the first week of Move. And hey, if you like what you heard, why don't you get your copy? of the book on Amazon right now or the audiobook through Audible or both. And please, please, why don't you leave a rating and review? It really helps drive people to this content. See you tomorrow for the next day of our journey through MOVE.